At 11.45 a.m., the victory hoisted Nelson's famous signal. England expects that every man will do his duty. While Nelson led one advancing column, the second column was led by Admiral Cuthbert Collingwood in the Royal Sovereign, and Collingwood told his officers, Now, gentlemen, let us do something today which the world may talk of hereafter. By the time the Battle of Trafalgar was finished, Nelson had scored arguably the most decisive victory in the history of naval warfare. The British took 22 vessels of the Franco-Spanish fleet and lost none. But as fate would have it, the man most responsible for the victory in one of history's most famous naval battles did not get to enjoy his crowning experience. Nelson's tactics were bold and innovative but they also unquestionably exposed the advancing column to merciless fire during the approach, especially the victory, which was naturally at the head of the advance. Around one o'clock, the victory herself was locked into combat with the French ship Redoutable, when a sniper on the French ship's mizzentop took aim at Nelson from about fifty feet away. From such a distance, Nelson was an unquestionably conspicuous target since he was impeccably dressed in his finest military attire. It was a habit that had caused great consternation before among his men, who had asked that he cover the stars on his uniform so that enemies wouldn't recognize his rank. Nevertheless, Nelson insisted on wearing them, famously countering, In honor I gained them, and in honor I will die with them. The impact of Trafalgar cannot be overstated, as it literally set the stage for the rest of the Napoleonic era. Unable to invade England, Napoleon was limited to conducting war on the European continent, and while he spent the better part of a decade frustrating the British and their allies, he was eventually undone at Leipzig and then Waterloo nearly a decade after Nelson's victory at Trafalgar. Chapter 1 The Naval Campaigns of 1805 In December 1804, Napoleon had himself crowned Emperor of France at Notre Dame, adopting the title Napoleon I, and a few months later Napoleon held another grand coronation in Milan to crown himself King of Italy. The newly anointed Emperor shook the European Anshan regime to the core, and all across Europe monarchs sat up and took notice. An upstart might become the leader of a country, but for him to declare himself royalty was unthinkable. Austria, Russia, and Portugal eventually joined Britain in declaring war on France. But Napoleon remained focused on Britain itself. Napoleon believed that if he could defeat the British, Austria and Russia would lose heart and withdraw their armies. With this plan in mind, Napoleon dispatched his navy southwards down the English Channel, attempting to persuade the Royal Navy that they were headed for the British West Indies. But even the French Emperor couldn't have been confident when it came to naval maneuvers. By 1805, the British Navy was the most powerful in the Mediterranean and the Eastern Atlantic, and they were actively enforcing the Continental Blockade. The British had been enforcing the blockade for several years by this point, which wasn't suited to Nelson's aggressive nature, 
When war had broken out in May 1803, Nelson was given a full command in the Mediterranean for the first time, and his flagship was the 100-gun Victory, with Thomas Hardy as captain. As ever, he sought battle with hopes of annihilating the French fleet and thereby giving British interest a free hand. French naval strategy was more cautious, but it was essentially designed to secure supremacy over the English Channel, even if only temporarily, in order to facilitate Napoleon's intended invasion of Britain. In essence, this would involve uniting their Channel and Mediterranean fleets, whilst preventing a unified British fleet from intervening. Napoleon had devised a series of complex maneuvers and ruses designed to achieve this, but the problem was in the execution. He had little understanding of the difficulties of...